And we are live. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and thank you guys for tuning in live to this podcast. Is a big, big, big Raptors win, 124-113 over the Milwaukee Bucks. You know me, I love the big boy games, and this was a big boy win for your Toronto Raptors. Thank you to everyone who is tuning in live right now, whether you are watching on the Twitter stream at Shell Alexander, the Instagram stream at Sheldon Alexander, or on Twitch on On Blast Podcast. That is a locale for the Twitch stream. That is a full feed. Same thing goes for YouTube, which is at Sheldon Alexander. My peoples that are watching right now on Instagram, if you want to see the full feed with the proper audio, the full set, all that fun stuff, go to the link in bio. That'll take you to the Instagram feed. And you can send in your comments and questions there because once again, this is the only live and interactive Toronto Raptors post-game show. There is the original Wrap It Up podcast. We take your comments and questions, and this is why this podcast exists exactly for games like this. Big boy wins by your Toronto Raptors as they come out with a 124-113 victory. OG Ananobi back in the lineup. The Raptors go small. So much talk about what should the starting lineup be when OG comes back. Nick Nurse goes small. The Raptors play big, and they win this game against Giannis and the Bucks. Giannis putting up a monster line, and it doesn't matter because it comes down to the others. Raptors taking care of business. And of course, if you ever miss this podcast, just know you can like and subscribe. That's how you support the feed. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and of course, on YouTube as well. Please like and subscribe and tell your friends. Support the movement that is the Wrap It Up podcast. Big win for the Raps, and especially coming off of a tough loss, for sure. A loss that you really know you're supposed to win that game against the T-Wolves. But the Raps bounce back. They end a two-game losing streak. They take advantage of a Bucks team that has now lost four games in a row. And if you're the Raptors, you don't care. Because again, the sole mission at this point is to get back to 500. Raptors inching closer at 13 and 15 with a 124-113 victory. Fred Van Vliet, 33 points in this game, including 16 points and 7 assists in the second half. Pascal Siakam also checking with 23 points, 13 rebounds. And this is to stop Giannis. Giannis with 34 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals, 2 blocks. And it doesn't matter because the rest of the Raptors helped out Freddie and stepped up big when Kyle Lowry went down with an injury. Whereas Giannis's others, Chris Middleton, it's like Chris Middleton was still having visions of Kawhi, <laughs> right? He had nothing for the Raps tonight. But the Raps will take that victory. And, and as mentioned, so OG Ananobi is back, right? And I know there's a bunch of people in the chat. Again, keep sending in your comments and questions because we will get to that momentarily. As always, people who might be new to the pod, I kind of go through the game, give you my thoughts, and then I go through each feed and read the comments and questions from you, the fans. Because again, this is your show. Raptors fans, post-game show where we take your comments and questions live so I'll, I'll get through the the pleasantries quickly but as mentioned OG and OB back Raptors going small which if you listen to this podcast was something I talked about a long time ago in terms of just play your best players 
right? OG comes back, you settle him in at the four, Pascal has to play the five, you play Norm, you play Kyle, and you play Freddie. Just play your best players. Because here's the thing, Baines, as you saw tonight, Baines coming off the bench in spurts was okay. When you have to start the game with Baines, not a good look. And plus, I always like the mentality of playing to your strengths and forcing the other team to respond to you. And I think a really big thing that we saw in this game was Lopez couldn't play in this game. And Budenholzer, I mean, <laughs> if you follow the Bucks throughout their playoff runs, one thing Budenholzer, one critique you might have is he doesn't really adjust well on the fly. There's not many adjustments coming from that side. And if you look at this game, it's very apparent. So the Raptors are playing small. You as the Milwaukee Bucks cannot play Lopez because that means Lopez has to guard either OG or Pascal, and he can't guard any of those guys. Then on the flip side, Lopez isn't really the big guy that you're going to dump the ball down to in the paint, and he's just going to you know abuse you down low. That's not a thing that's going to happen with Brooke Lopez. So just a bad matchup, and I was surprised, but maybe I shouldn't be, to see how long and the fact that Lopez closed out the game for the Bucks. But either way, forget that. I mean, if anything, you just need to go to the first play of the game in which the Bucks dump it in the Lopez and... Norman Powell comes out of nowhere, steals the ball, goes coast to coast for a lay-in. OG then hits a three, and I thought that was really a good sign for the Raps. One, they weren't bothered by Lopez being a big in the paint. And two, OG was still looking good. So again, Raptor small lineup, running and gunning. They're getting stops. They're getting out on the break. Pascal was getting steals and making great decisions as he came back with the ball up the floor, finding guys for open threes. Wraps out to an early lead, 16-7, to with really Kyle Lowry leading the charge as well. Kyle Lowry was getting buckets. Kyle Lowry was looking good. The only thing keeping the Bucks close was Giannis. Giannis in that first quarter had 10 points. He also shot eight free throws, which is huge, but it's also just showing how aggressive Giannis is consistently. And I think that Pascal can learn a lot from watching Giannis's play in terms of just how aggressive he is for the most part of the game in terms of just putting his head down and getting to the basket every single time. And you can't stop that. But the, the other part too, when I talk about Siakam watching Giannis's game, you got to watch how and why Giannis is successful in certain moments. Giannis is successful because he gets a full head of steam going from about the time he gets to half court. Once Giannis gets to half court, he's at that full head of steam and he's going downhill. And if you're the defender backing up while he's coming full steam ahead downhill, as they say, how do you stop that? And so Pascal, I think, can take a lot from Giannis's playbook in terms of everything downhill, everything at full speed, driving to the basket hard. And I'll get to that at the very end because I got well, got to salute Pascal for what he did late in this game as well. But after one, as mentioned, game was tied, 33-33. The Bucks were shooting 66% in that first quarter. Raptors were shooting 52%. So as you continue into the second quarter, all of a sudden, the Bucks bench explodes. The Bucks bench in the first half led the Raptors in scoring 27 to 13 at the break. And that was mostly done by Pat Connington, who had 18 points in that first half. Most of that damage coming in the second quarter as he started off this game four of five from three and a nice solid run from the Bucks to start off. But again, 
Kyle Lowry keeping the game close. Back-to-back -back layups to cut into the lead. Pascal hits a big three, 14-3 run. The Raps are right back in this game. And Pascal not only was doing it on the offensive end, but I thought at points his defense was really good as well. He wasn't backing down. He wasn't doing a... a, a he wasn't afraid of Giannis on defense. You saw him challenge Giannis and go up and block Giannis, which is a great thing to see. But at this point, the Raps are going toe-to-toe. -to -toe. The only difference was it was the Raptors starters versus the Bucks bench. Bobby Portis gave the Bucks really good minutes. He was a great pickup for them. I also think Pat Connington, as mentioned, a great job. But the game was still tied at the half at 64. Fred Van Fleet had 17 at the half. Lowry had 15, but the key here was Lowry left the game just before the end of the first half, and he looked hobbled. It didn't look good at all. He was trying to gut it out, but he didn't really, just didn't look good. Let's let's be honest. He tried to come back out at halftime, got some shots up. He tried to start the third quarter, but then t hits a three, actually, to start the third quarter, and then was forced to leave the game again because... His, you could just tell his ankle was not doing well at all. So a tough break there as the Raptors lose Kyle Lowry. But we're seeing a theme really, really pick up the longer this season goes along. And one of those things is the leadership of Fred Van Fleet. He's been learning under the wing of Kyle Lowry for how many years now? But the fact of picking spots, knowing moments when he's got to be the guy. And this was one of those games again. And I point to this because we saw it a couple games ago when Nick Nurse got ejected, Raps were down big, Freddie brings the team together, they rally, they come back, win that game. In this one, Kyle Lowry goes down. And once Kyle Lowry goes out, you look at the rest of the Raptors bench and you're not getting anything from Terrence Davis. So where are you getting other point guard play from? Fred knows that, so Fred knows that he has to be the guy, and Fred Van Fleet, as mentioned, in that second half of this game, with no Kyle Lowry, and with very little opportunity for Freddie to get a rest, here comes Fred Van Vliet with 16 points and 7 assists in that second half, and it's just the leadership, the calming play, he knows when he's on the floor, with mostly bench guys, he's got to be the aggressor. And I think he just had that focus. And he never backed down defensively as well because you know Freddie's going to give you defense. But the fact that Freddie was hitting big shots, Freddie was finding Chris Boucher, who hit back-to-back -back threes, which were huge. And this is where the Raptors as a team really started to battle back and take down Giannis. At one point, I thought, you know, Giannis had 10 points at one, po at one point in the quarter. Giannis had 10 points, right? And you look at that third quarter and you say, okay, the Raptors are taking his best punch. There's no Kyle Lowry. Who's going to step up for the Raps? And you saw it come from every direction. But I always point to Fred Van Vliet. I thought that in that quarter, third quarter in particular, he had 10 points and five assists in the quarter, right? But there's one key play where he gets Giannis, he has him on an island, hits him with the crossover and the step back Jimmy at the top of the key. And I thought that Freddie, that's just a confident play. That's when you can tell a dude is in his bag going to, like, that's not a regular, you know, that's a shot my guy practices every day, right? And that's why he's so confident to be able to shoot that over Giannis. So, Full credit to Fred Van Fleet and what he was able to do, especially again in that third quarter where he at one point had eight straight points for the Raps before finding Baines on a pick and roll 
and Baines got a layup for a tough and one. Either way, somehow, some way, with no Kyle Lowry trying this new starting lineup with, again, a lot of their guys in foul trouble, the Raptors went into the fourth quarter with the lead, 94-91. to And we get a great play from OG and Anobi. OG back was pretty solid, right? Got himself in foul trouble early, but still was able to contribute a lot in this game, I thought. Looked good. 13 points, 7 rebounds on 5 of 9 shooting, and the big play for OG came in that fourth quarter early on. OG gets a ball at the top of the key, drives in the lane, spins, and then over his shoulder is able to just flip it up onto the glass, gets a nice roll, and one. And you see a play like that, and you can tell, okay, OG's ready. OG's back. And that's the way the Raptors need to play. Playing to their advantage. Stop trying to play Baines major minutes. Baines in spurts was good. If you tell him, hey, get out there in in these little short chunks and just cause havoc, almost have that same mentality as Chris Boucher, where Boucher checks into the game, and Boucher just gets hella active on the glass, that's the key for the Raptors. But if you're talking majority of minutes, and you've seen that Fred, or not Fred, Norm, for whatever reason, Norm plays better as a starter, then you gotta start Norm. And he didn't play as great as he had when OG was out of the lineup, but he was still solid. 11 points, 4 of 7 shooting. He contributed to this team in this game. I think he kind of got thrown off with the early fouls. He wasn't really able to, you know, contribute at the same level. But I still think playing those big minutes to Norm and OG and having them all start, just playing to your advantage as the Raptors. You have five guys on the floor. You're going to switch mostly every single screen. You're going to play defense aggressively. You're able to help. You're super fast and super athletic. And I think that's the way the Raps got to go. And then you just have hungry dudes coming off the bench. Whether it's Boucher, it's Bembry, it's Aaron Baines. Those guys are coming off the deep, off the bench and they're playing tough, hard minutes. I uh, don't know yet. I'll double check and see if there's any more information on Kyle Lowry. But obviously, with Kyle going down, that might affect the starting lineup going forward. And Norm might still be there anyways. But either way, down the stretch, Fred Van Fleet finding Norm for three. Raptors were up six. Boucher hits another three. Timeout for the Bucks, And the Bucks kind of came back and made a little bit of a run. But I'm going to give a lot of credit to, obviously, first, the Raptors' defense as they answered the Bucks punch and counterpunched themselves as Norm Norm with the turnover oh sorry just before that pardon me Boucher with a huge block on Lopez which I thought was a huge play because not only did he get out and contest a three-point shot but then he recovered to the paint was able to block Lopez and then send OG out on a breakaway dunk that was huge for the raps and to close Gotta give a lot of credit to Pascal Siakam. Because here's the thing. First, he takes it to the cup. Strong drive to the basket. Gets a lay-in to go. But then, this was interesting to me. Because he blows by Giannis. And goes up strong with two hands and tries to dunk it. That, to me, is a huge, 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 huge sign. Because what you see in highlights, what you see most people talk about, they're going to talk about, oh, he missed that layup at the end of the game. 
in in the Raptors' last outing against the T-Wolves. You're going to see the replays over and over again that'll show Pascal missing shots earlier on in the season when he missed the the game-winning shots or game-tying shots against the Golden State Warriors and against the Portland Trail Blazers. Both things, totally cool. You're going to see those highlights. A highlight you probably won't see in the highlight pack tonight, wherever you're watching the show, or even tomorrow on the shows that talk about the Raptors, is Pascal driving to the basket and trying to dunk it on dudes with two hands. Now, the reason why that is so important is because that's a mentality. I don't even care that he didn't dunk it. To be honest, I don't even care that he missed a free throw afterwards. I just think it was way more important to have my guy learn a lesson and know that, okay, it's late in the game. I'm going up and trying to dunk it. I'm not trying to finesse a layup. I'm not trying to nice it and give Giannis a chance to block it. I know Giannis is coming for the chase down block. So I'm going to drive hard to the basket and I'm going to try to dunk on the whole Bucks team. I love that from Pascal Siakam, and we got to see more of that. I thought that was really, really good to see, and you got to give the man credit. If you're going to crush him when he misses the layups, which, you know, I'm going to be honest, and I'll get on him when he does miss the layups or he misses a game tying or go-ahead shots. If you're going to get on him for that stuff, you got to give him credit for this stuff as well. And I know that you look at his stat line and you see that Pascal was 8 for 23 in this game and 23 points. He was 2 of 8 from 3. I know you're going to look at that and you're going to say that, I mean, 23 shots for 23 points, ugh, not really that good. But I'll say this because I say it about Freddie all the time. There are certain games where you just know you have to get over 20 points and it doesn't matter how you get there. And when Kyle Lowry goes down and you're going to miss Kyle Lowry scoring in this game because you need to compete against the Bucks, and hey, Kyle had 18 before he left, so Kyle was doing work, 18, 6, and 6, so when that's gone, so much more is added onto the plates of Freddie and Pascal in terms of scoring, you have to get to over 20 points, even if you're shooting a bad percentage, the math tells you that he has to do it, because you're not going to be relying on your guys coming off the bench, you're not going to be relying on OG just coming off an injury, this has to come down to max money, spicy P, and you got to get over 20 points against Giannis. And he did that. Got to give the man credit. Got to give the man credit for sure. So again, big win for the Raptors. 124 to 113. Huge win over the Milwaukee Bucks. Fred Van Vliet leading the way with 33 points on 12 of 22 shooting. Uh, seven assists for Freddie. Four rebounds. As mentioned, Pascal Siakam. 23 points. 13 rebounds. Six assists. And a steal. Just because. OG in his return to the Raptors lineup, 13 points, 7 rebounds. On the flip side for the Bucks, 34 points from Giannis, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. The key here for the Bucks, Chris Middleton only took 8 field goal attempts in this game. 4 of 8 for Middleton, 11 points overall, that's not going to cut it. It's not. You can tell the Bucks, and they've struggled. I think they're 1-3 and three now, if I'm not mistaken, without Drew Holiday, who... Obviously, you give up depth or you lose some depth in trying to get Drew Holiday. And without him in the lineup, someone else has to step up. So you're seeing it from the Raps where other guys were able to step up when their all-star point guard went down. The Bucks weren't able to do the same without their all-star point guard. Because you're not going to get 20 points from Pat Connaughton every night. You're not going to get 16 from Bobby Portis off the bench every night. That was a career or a season high from Connaughton. So either way... 
Fair enough. Give them credit where credit is due. Let me get to some of the comments though on all the feeds because I really appreciate you guys sending in your comments and questions. So again, if you want to comment, just find the YouTube chat, find the Twitch stream, find the Twitter stream, send in your comments and questions and I will get to them momentarily. Uh, <laughs> here's a name. Here's a, a funny comment here. And I was going to read the name, but I'm not going to read the name. But the comment says, I got shooters on my squad, but we ain't the Raptors. <laughs> okay. Funny. Fair enough. Is that a rap lyric or something? Pretty funny. Uh, either way, uh, another comment. Bench Baines, he's better. Uh, Bench Baines is better than Starter Baines. I agree with that. Totally agree with that. Uh, Inches says, is Raptors playing well without Lowry addition by subtraction? No. I think the mentality just changes. I think one of the big problems for the Raptors this entire season has been with everybody in the lineup, everyone's trying to figure out their role, where they slot in in the hierarchy of shots. Because we assume Pascal's the number one, so he gets the most shots, right? But then where does it fall in after that? Freddie and Kyle have kind of figured out a way where they kind of take turns, taking the lead, taking the shots, who's really in control. Those guys between the two of them have seen to figure it out. I'm talking about Norm and OG. Those guys have really struggled with everybody in the lineup in terms of figuring out when to shoot, when to not, when to pass the ball, how to fit into the rotation. And again, the hierarchy of when the shots come for you. And with Kyle out of the lineup, obviously that lets everyone else know, okay, well, there's more shots for me. I can be a little more aggressive. Does that make sense? That's what I think anyways. I don't know. Again, I watch the games just like you guys. I think I come from a background where I've watched and studied and covered the game for a very long time. Might actually have some news for you guys on a career update, but that's a story for another day. Um, but uh, just some... I try to just give my opinion here and we talk things back and forth and hopefully we all come out a little more educated, a little more maybe a difference of opinion, you know, seeing other points of view, right? Um, more comments though from Twitter. I got the authentic OG statement jersey and it's the first game I got to wear it while he plays. That's my guy Logan, who's a longtime listener and watcher of the Wrap It Up podcast. Shouts to Logan. Hope the jersey, is, is that going to turn into a good luck thing now? Because, I mean, that's a big win over the Bucks, right? Um, more comments here. Personally, I think moving on from Norm to get a solid stretch center would be much better. Uh, I don't agree with that. I, well, let me rephrase. I'm assuming we're talking about, and I shouldn't put words into your mouth, but if we're talking about Andre Drummond, I disagree. I wouldn't give up Norm to get Andre Drummond, but we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I'll switch over here to, let me go to YouTube actually, see what the YouTube people are saying as the YouTube chat is filling up. Justice says, six Raptors in double digits, great team basketball tonight, OG spin move got me jumping around my house, great to see him back on the court. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says, Freddie stepped up once Lowry went out, he really did. And again, big second half for Fred Van Fleet. Let me get the exact numbers so I don't shortchange my guy, Freddie. But 16 points and 7 assists in the second half for Mr. Fred Van Vliet, the future face of the Raptors franchise, if I do say so myself. 
Uh, Elijah says, good way to bounce back after a disappointing loss. Everyone played pretty well, even Baines. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Uh, Steven says, I'm so impressed with Bembry. I had zero expectations early for this guy, but he just does exactly what you ask of him. Hey, people that follow the pod know I've been on the Bembry train for a long time. I just think he's a solid bench player. He comes in and first off fits into the Raptors and what they do because he comes in and plays defense first and foremost. And then on offense, he rarely is trying to do too much. He seems to always make the right pass, whether it's a swing, whether it's an up fake and then driving to the basket, he'll find the right guy on the move. Just a really solid rotation player. I like it. I like it a lot. Another comment here from YouTube. Fred played well, but he's too inconsistent from game to game. You know, it's so funny. So one of my guys in my uh, shouts to my Centennial College group chat, but one of my boys, Jerome, always brings up, you know, Freddie has some really no-show games on the offensive end where he'll drop like five points or like seven points or whatever, and no one really says anything. But when Pascal does it, oh, it's front page news. It's making headlines. And it's kind of true. But hey, Freddie, I guess it's just because of the money, I'd assume. I don't know. Or I think people just have so much bigger expectations for Pascal. And not only with their expectations, but also the expectations that came with him getting the bag. That also added to the expectations that night in, night out, Pascal's going to cook. Which I don't think people have the same expectations for Freddie. But still, a great point. Freddie does have some no-show games. This was definitely not one of them as Fred put in work and put the team on his back, especially when Kyle Lowry went down another 33 points from Freddie tonight. I'll stick with YouTube though, because I see the chat on the YouTube stream is hot right now. So that looks pretty good. People are asking, can they get Collins from uh, Atlanta? That'd be interesting. I just think there's a lot to give up, but I also wonder if you want to, bring Collins in and you want to re-sign him that's kind of interesting too uh Owen says Terrence Davis didn't look great tonight do you think he has a spot in the playoff rotation as of now to be honest I don't think so and it's tough because Terrence Davis has gotten a lot of chances this season and if you look at the start of this game he was making horrible turnovers and on offense he's been out of control most often than not and it was so bad in this game that Nurse in the second half, especially with no Kyle, he went to Matt Thomas. who And we haven't seen Matt Thomas in a long, long time. Terrence Davis, I think last year gave a lot of people, myself included, some expectations that we'd see an improvement from Terrence this year. We'd see Terrence Davis step up and step into a more consistent role. And that just hasn't happened at all this season. This has been a bad year for him. And it's, it's tough. In your second year when, I mean, it's a year like this where the Raptors are playing every single game on the road, you're in Tampa, there's just so much going on and some people just haven't been able to handle it well. And I don't know what the main reason is for Terrence Davis's struggles this year, but it's ju it's definitely not been a good season for him at all. It, but Nick Nurse keeps giving him chances because that's just the depth the Raptors have right now. He has to play right? Because you need to give Freddie and Kyle rest. So he has to play and he's just not delivering as of now for Nick Nurse. So at this point, I don't think so. I, I don't think he'll be in the playoff rotation. 
Uh, DR says, always start Siakam at the five or get Deadman. Uh, Baines needs to come off the bench. A lot of people saying bench Baines is huge defensively and made Baines a better player. I just think it's Baines in, sh- in shorter spurts. And for whatever reason, he started the game a lot. And whenever he would start the game, my guy would shoot a three early. And I never understood that. But when you remove that completely <laughs> and you just tell him, come off the bench, play defense, grab rebounds, roll to the basket hard, everyone can live with that. Uh, lots of comments. So people talking about trades and I talked about it at length on last pod. So I won't really like deep dive into it here, but this Andre Drummond stuff, I don't really want any parts of that. And I don't even think it's real. Like, I think it's more just uh, the Cavs trying to throw something out there to get some talk going because they're having trouble trading Andre Drummond. Like as soon as they made that trade with the Nets where they got Jared Allen, they've been trying to trade Andre Drummond. They just can't because he makes too much money. So you're at this point now where you're going to leak this rumor trying to get something for him on the trade market before the inevitable buyout. And if you're the Raptors, the biggest Raptors issue to me is their lack of depth. So does it really make sense to give up what little depth you have in terms of having to trade Norm and probably Stanley Johnson and someone else just to add up to the money you would need to match the salary to bring in Andre Drummond? Like, what does that do? Because you're getting rebounding, but you're losing scoring. So, and unless you think Andre Drummond is your center of the future in terms of you're going to re-sign him to big money going forward, I don't really see how that deal makes sense. Or, in fact, I should say, and I should frame it, the only way it makes sense is if you think Andre Drummond is your center of the future going forward. But that's just me. Um, Ray J, and I don't think it's Brandy's brother, Ray J, but if it is cool, says what happened to Stanley Johnson? Haven't seen him for a while. Seems like they play guys a bunch. Then it's on to the next guy. Uh, his minutes have been taken by Bembry quite simply like Stanley Johnson was getting a lot of minutes cause he was playing great defense. Bembry has come in and also done the same, but I think given you a little more at the offensive end. And so Nurse has just turned to Bembry a lot more. So more Bembry means less Stanley Johnson. And plus with OG coming back, there's just less and less room on the perimeter for those minutes with OG, Norm, Pascal, and then of course, Kyle and Fred. Uh, Let me go to... Let me switch things up here and make sure that I get to my Instagram peeps. Instagram peeps, just know I didn't forget about you. I definitely didn't. Um, Let me get a comment here on Twitch. What do you think the Raptors should be targeting at the trade deadline? I think you definitely got to target a big. I don't think it has to be a big move in terms of Drummond or even Collins. I think there's other guys that you can maybe try to get. Um like Rashad Holmes might be available for the Kings because who knows which direction the Kings are going. You can never really tell. Um, But I just think there's other guys that you can get for cheap. And there's no point, I think, in giving up assets to get Drummond because I don't think Drummond is a guy that puts you over the top. If you're talking about a guy with a quote-unquote name, I would much rather, and I'm only comparing this to Drummond, but if you're talking about a guy with a name, I would much rather just wait for Blake Griffin to get bought out and try to bring him in on the cheap and hope that because it's not Blake Griffin, Lob City Blake Griffin, 
but it's Blake Griffin who's still better than Baines, better than Chris Boucher, and he's making a lot less money because you'd be getting him on a buyout for like the league minimum. Now, I'm assuming Blake Griffin is probably going to want to go to a, a higher level team. That would be my guess. But either way, I'd be much more interested in a cheap move, something where you don't have to give up a lot. But I'm just not, I'm not down with uh, this whole Andre Drummond stuff. I'm going to switch over to Instagram. K2's Garnett says, I feel like us IG folks are the meme where the guy with his girl staring at the other chick. (laughs) Oh, and my guy LT says, you've totally forgotten about the IG peeps. Like everyone has forgotten that Macaw is still on this team. Listen, listen, listen. I'll say this much. IG people, I'm trying to tell you guys, go to the main feeds on YouTube or on Twitch. You see, you get the better audio. You get the the full set, you see the full set with the the shoe rack and the full background, and you get the keys with the stats on it and stuff, that's all IG, I'll still always rep my IG people, you guys are the originals, but, but, switch over there, there's still a chat, the chat on YouTube is Fuego Fire, I even put the chat in the bio so that you guys can catch up there as well, but hey, I'll still be here and take the comments. Len says Blake would like to go ring chasing. I totally agree. I was just talking about from the Raptors angle in terms of players they should be trying to target. Um, Ann says Bembry is making better decisions than Stanley Johnson. I totally agree with that. I think Bembry just gives you more on the offensive end. And Stanley Johnson plays great defense. And hey, you might run into games where, you know, you're playing against the Nets, let's say, and you need Bembry and you need Stanley Johnson because obviously they got KD and Kyrie and James Harden. So games like that, you might need to give a break to OG or Pascal to where they're on the floor, but they're not guarding those high level guys. You can get them a little bit of a break while they're still playing. Uh, someone, people are laughing, saying they forgot McCaw was on the team. Uh, I, I can't lie. Whenever I look over at the bench and I see him cheering, I'm always like, oh yeah, he's there too. Totally forgot. Uh, Dio's mom says, Norm dribbling off balance is not a good look. Yeah, Norm, I think, tried a little too hard. There's moments where Norm was doing too much, and tonight was definitely one of those games. Uh, More from Dio's mom says, small ball is our identity this year since we're lacking strong centers other than Boucher. (laughs) Big game from Chris Boucher. Chris Boucher is such a great story. And I'm so, I get so happy and, you know, I normally come out on this pod and I try to be unbiased in terms of talking about the raps, talking about where they're at this season and talking about guys on their team. But Chris Boucher, I can't help but root for that guy because it's just such a great story for where my guys come from and just watch him develop into the player that he is now where he signed a solid check in the offseason but is still hungry, is still coming out here and balling. Gotta give my guy a lot of credit for what Chris Boucher has been able to do. And yet another example of this Raptors development program. It's just been a great look for him. Uh, another comment here. Glow Girl Smile says, last podcast, I question why Pascal didn't dunk it versus the layup. The dunk during the game had three players in the lane. I like how Pascal doesn't let the previous game affect him by taking the shot. Agreed. And I think that's a mentality. And one thing I loved is Freddie in his post-game interview with uh, the homie Danielle Michaud 
I thought that was pretty cool when you listen to Freddie when she asked him about, you know, the Raps being able to bounce back in tonight's game and having such a good game after Freddie was kind of upset with how we played in a couple games prior, right? And Freddie said, well, this is just one game, just like those were just one game. And I think that mentality coming from one of your leaders has to trickle down, not to overreact, not to get too high after good games, not to get too low, but to understand the bigger picture of what's going on. And dare I say this, and I know there's some people that are going to dislike when I say this, but it really brings me back to Kawhi. You just, you're just steady the whole way across. Never get too high, never get too low. You're just about your business. And I think when Freddie has that mentality, that has to translate to Pascal. Don't get too low when you're playing poorly. Don't get too high when things are going great. Stay even keel. Trust the work that you put in and the progression will come from that. So, hey, totally, totally, totally appreciate Fred Van Fleet as a leader of this Raptors team going forward and just watching those things trickle down to other guys like Pascal. Uh, one more comment here from YouTube. Steven says, former Instagram chatter who is fully converted to YouTube. It was tough, but like switching from iPhone to Android, it was the right move. <laughs> Sorry, I got to disagree here because I'm an iPhone for life. As you can see, I got, <laughs> if you look at this, the shot, I got the Instagram stream on an iPhone. I obviously got a MacBook which I'm watching all these things on. And if I hold up this other phone, this is what controls the camera and changes the key. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a straight iPhone supporter, straight Apple supporter, but the rest of your sentiment, I agree with in terms of switching from Instagram to YouTube, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed at all. So a huge thanks to Steven, a huge thanks to everyone, wherever you are watching this stream, wherever you are listening to this stream, totally appreciate you guys tuning into this, the Wrap It Up podcast, because we are here doing this live after every Toronto Raptors game. We got you covered and taking your comments and questions. That's a massive part of the show. I don't just say that. I really mean it. There's no way I'd be able to do this after each and every game without you guys sending in your comments, sending in your questions after each and every game, no matter what stream you're on, whether you're on the Twitch stream, which is on blast podcast, whether you're hitting me up on Twitter, which is at shell Alexander or on Instagram at Sheldon Alexander. And of course, shouts to the YouTube people as well as the YouTube live chat is hot. That you can find on YouTube. Just search On Blast Podcast or Sheldon Alexander. Really appreciate you guys tuning in because, again, I really couldn't do this podcast without you at all. But huge shouts to the Toronto Raptors as they end a two-game losing streak and hand the Bucks their fourth loss in a row with a 114-113. Or sorry, whoa, that's a complete wrong score. A 124-113 victory for your Toronto Raptors. Again, ending a two-game losing streak, handing the Bucks their fourth loss in a row. Fred Van Fleet with 33 points in this game. But here's the key. Once Kyle Lowry got went down with injury, Fred Van Fleet led the way for the Raps with 16 points, 7 assists in the second half. Also chipped in with Pascal Siakam, who had 23 points, 
and 13 rebounds, but give Pascal credit for finishing down the stretch. I really thought Pascal Siakam driving to the basket and trying to finish strong at the rim and dunking was huge. That to me was the best sign that I take from this win. Pascal trying to finish strong and the fact that, you know what? It didn't matter that Giannis had 34 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. It didn't matter because OG was back for the wraps. He looked really good. Kyle went down and we're still waiting to see. Let me see if there's any word on Kyle Lowry. Freeze injury before we sign off here. Let me just double check and make sure here. Uh, I don't see any updates yet on Kyle Lowry. Nurse said that Lowry's ankle was just sore after tweaking it a couple times tonight. They'll reevaluate him tomorrow and go from there. So, okay, at least we know it's not really bad. So we'll take that. After one game, the Raptors' small lineup is a success. But who knows, now we wait to see how Kyle Lowry is doing to see how the small lineup will live going forward. Because obviously if Kyle's gone, chances are you're going to get one of the bigs back in the front line. For the Raptors starters, anyways. Fred Van Fleet, tonight, here's a quote from Freddie. He says, we've played well multiple times this year, then we don't play well. So it's just a matter of stringing it together. That'll be the validation when we get on a consistent run. I know how good we can be, and that's why the losses are frustrating. Close quote. That, my friends, is the quote of a leader. Again, Raptors win, Raptors win, Raptors win. Thank you guys for tuning in wherever you are tuning in. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you guys watching wherever you were on the YouTube stream, on Twitch, on YouTube, or on Twitter. Thank you. Appreciate the likes, the shares, all that fun stuff. Really appreciate it. And if you ever miss a pod or you tune in in the middle of it, or maybe you just want to listen again in the morning. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, or on YouTube. Again, like and subscribe and tell your friends. Because as I always say, I really did used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. Yeah.